Let's uh, have you open up your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11, and that's where you can stay today, Hebrews chapter 11. It's known as the Hall of Faith. Uh, It's where just great uh, men and women of of God, their story is listed, their testimony is listed, and we're going to draw out some... uh, some nuggets about faith today. We're going to discover different dimensions of faith today. Does that sound good? Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says this, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It's the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And Hebrews 11:6 tells us this, without faith it's impossible to please God. So We're going to try to talk about something that you hope for. We're going to try to talk about something that you can't see. (laughs) But we're also going to, and and it's something that you have to have if you want to please God. That sounds like an impossible task. But only God. Amen? Amen? Amen. So would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for this opportunity, Lord, to share your word, but more importantly, to be spoken to by your word. God, I pray that you would help us to have eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive what your word has for us today. Lord, help us to uncover these dimensions of faith. Lord, my prayer is that you would, that you would take these dimensions, Lord, that, that it, just one, God, if just one dimension of faith that we uncover today will light a fire inside of us to draw closer to you, to live a greater life of faith. And Lord, my mission has been accomplished today. So God, anoint me, I pray, and anoint your people to hear your word. And Lord, that the case I met win the championship today in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, my son's playing the championship game today at 2.30. It's awesome. I get to be the assistant coach today. It's, it's great. It's cool. So, so I'm going to preach fast. Yeah, right. All right. Look, dimensions of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he is and then he rewards those who diligently seek him. The Christian life is the life of faith. Elsewhere in the Bible it says we walk by faith, not by sight. Right? Faith is integral. You don't get into the kingdom without faith. And you don't finish the race unless you keep the faith, as Paul said. So we've got to talk about faith every now and then uh, in church. And, and we're going to look at some dimensions of faith. I don't know how many we'll get to today, but we're going to do our best, all right? So how many of you guys are ready? All right. Listen, the more you amen or the more you say, that's good, or I like that, or pop the clutch, or whatever, the faster I'll go, the quicker you'll get to lunch. Amen? There you go. Good work. Good work. So number one, the first dimension of faith that we want to talk about today is this. Faith hears. Amen. All right. Let me hear you say, faith hears. Dude, you guys are already better than first service. Don't tell them I said that, but you are. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8 says this. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called. Abraham is in the hall of faith because his faith heard God call to him. Faith hears. We don't know how God spoke to Abraham, but we do know that Abraham heard a word from God. God said, leave your country and go to where I will show you. And the Bible says that Abraham departed as the Lord instructed. What I find remarkable about this event where God calls Abraham is the amount of information that God left out. 
He didn't say, Abraham, pack for a three-hour tour. A little Gilligan's Island action right there. He didn't say, Abraham, start out heading north on I-49. Travel this distance for 70 miles. He didn't, he, all he said was, go to a land I will show you. It was an awesome word. He heard from God, yet at the same time, if we have to be honest, it was a little bit vague. There were a lot of details that God could have put in that he didn't. And yet, Abraham went. You see, faith hears, God, hears God's word one piece at a time. One piece at a time. I don't know how long you've been following the Lord, but I want to tell you that faith hears, and it usually hears God speak one word at a time. I don't know about you, but I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, I get frustrated with that. I want to say, Lord, how long? Like if you would tell me I have to stay in this vein for six months, okay, then I can have it on my mind. But he doesn't always do that, does he? Abraham may have not had the full picture, but he was confident in the few things that he did here, and he responded to it. And herein lies the key for you and I to remember, okay? The power of God is contained within the Word of God. Let's try that again. The power of God is contained within the Word of God. Okay, see, now I'm going to get faster. All right? When God gives you a word, even if it's a partial word, listen, that word contains everything you need to fulfill it. You don't need anything else. If God says, I want you to go this way, you can start walking knowing that he will supply everything you need as you go that way. The power to do is contained in his word. Numbers 23, 19 says this, God is not a man that he should lie. He's not a human that he should change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Listen, if God has said it, he will do it and his desire is to do it through you. Amen? Amen? Faith is not, uh, not only is, is, uh, does faith hear one word at a time, but listen to this. This is, this is good to know. Faith is not afraid to stand upon the one word it hears. It's not afraid to stand upon the one word that it hears. Listen, God isn't looking for us to understand it all. If he was, I think he would give us like the all-inclusive word. How many of you has God explained to you every single day of your life for the rest of your life? How many of you guys have it laid out like that much? You've seen it. Yeah, that's what I thought. Because it's a walk of faith. So he gives you one word at a time, and faith isn't afraid to stand upon that word. When we believe the word that we have heard and we respond in faith, God releases his power within us. And can I tell you something? The experience that you and I are looking for, the experience that we want to have in God, comes when we obey the word of God. A lot of us are waiting for like the tingles first before we want to jump. A lot of us are waiting for like some experience, some divine encounter, some sort of like the, the heavens open and lightning flashes and angels and their little chubby, uh, you know, diapers and playing the harps and then like, oh, okay, I go. Mm-mm. Most of the time, listen, I hate to break it to you, but most of the time, the experience that you and I are desiring won't come until we step out in faith and obey what we have heard. You see, it pleased God when Abraham responded to the very general word, and God empowered Abraham to reach Canaan. And when Abraham reached Canaan, the Bible says, then the word of the Lord came to Abraham and said, stop here, this is it. When you obey the first thing you hear, God will then give you the next thing you need to hear. 
Faith isn't afraid to stand upon the word that it hears. So how do we apply this this truth to our lives? Listen, we need to listen for a word from God and not worry about the whole story. Listen, I know that that makes us uncomfortable, but we can't worry about not having the whole story. All you and I need is a whisper from God, and it'll change everything. It can come, how does this whisper come? How does this word come? Well, it comes through his word, spending time in it every single day. He'll give you a word. Like, how did I know to read Psalm 126 to you guys today? Because I was reading it, and then all of a sudden, man, just the word came. That is for this house. All right. And I didn't know everything I was going to say until I stepped into this pulpit. And it's kind of scary. And I don't know everything that's going to come out. And I'm hoping that it's good, but I'm I'm going to go by faith. And that's how we live. Amen? Amen? All right. Uh, it, comes through, it can come through an inner impression. That word can come through an inner impression just like, I don't know why, but somehow I sense just like right here, I can't explain it, but I've got to, I, I know I got to go this way. I know I got to say this thing. I know I got to do this thing. And, and you can't explain it. It's just, it's just an impression in here. That word can come. Sometimes that word can come through somebody else. Hearing someone else's story, hearing someone preach the word, somebody says something and all of a sudden it triggers something and it comes alive in you and you say, oh, that's what I need to do. That's what I've been looking for. His word will come and faith is content to hear one word at a time and it's happy and eager and ready to stand upon one word at a time. When God called me into ministry when I was 19 years old, I'll never forget it. I was at a summer camp. And the minister, he called me out of a crowd. It was kind of embarrassing. And he said, where's Nick? And I raised my hand and, and he, he began to say, Nick, God's calling you. He wants you to serve him for the rest of your life. And I remember these words. He said, if God were to tell you and to show you everything that you would have to walk through in order to obey him and fulfill his word, you wouldn't do it because it'd be too scary. He said, but because all you're hearing right now is God saying, go, and it's awakening faith inside of you, you will go, you will follow his will for your life, you will do it all, and it will be awesome. You know, I'm thankful that God keeps me in the dark about some things, because let's be honest, if he told us everything, we'd be like, I don't want to sign up for that. I'm just telling it like it is. So listen, for a word from God, don't worry about not having the whole story. And then respond in faith to that word. Don't wait for full disclosure. Listen, understanding comes at some point after obedience. It's true. It's not fun, but it's true. Understanding will come at some point after you begin to obey. There have been times in my life where as I was walking out in obedience, God was explaining why he was having me do what I was doing. And then there have been times in my life where years later, hey God, remember that thing? What was that all about? And then the understanding comes. I can't tell you when it will come, but I can tell you this. Understanding comes after you begin to respond in obedience to what your faith hears. Amen? God is looking for men and women who will turn their ears to him and obey what they hear by faith. Your faith needs to hear. So tell the person next to you, your faith needs to hear. All right. The next dimension that we want to look at real quick is this. Faith sees. Faith sees. Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 20. With eyes of faith, Isaac, looking far into the future, 
invoke blessings upon Jacob and Esau. Look at what it says of Moses in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 27. Uh, I'm just going to skip kind of to this end. It says, He never flinched, but he held staunchly to his purpose and endured steadfastly as one who gazed on him who is invisible. Isaac, with eyes of faith, looked far into the future. Moses, with eyes of faith, gazed upon him who is invisible. Faith sees. Another way we could say it is that faith has vision. It has the ability to see what is not in existence yet, but what will be. What do you see with your faith? What do you see in your future? What does your marriage look like 20 years from now? What's your financial status look like 20 years from now? What vision do you have for your children? What vision do you have for this church and your role in it? Faith sees. God can use our natural eyesight to build our faith. In other words, he can use the things that we see in the natural to build our faith. Let me give you an example out of the Bible. Uh, In Genesis chapter 13, God comes to Abraham and it says this, The Lord said to Abraham, Look as far as you can see in every direction. I'm going to give all this land to you and your offspring as a permanent possession. Take a walk in every direction and explore the new possessions I'm giving you. God said to Abraham, look around. As far as your eye can see, I want you to explore this land. I want you to see what it contains. I want you to walk through it because this is going to be your possession. And everything that you see, I want it to inspire you to say, one day, all of this will belong to my family. So how do we apply that? What can you see in the natural that God is already doing in people's lives or your life or someplace else that can inspire you to develop a vision for your life? I know for me, when I look at marriages, when I see a husband and wife who've been married for 50 years and they've enjoyed those 50 years, I say, God, that's what I want for me. When I see people who have raised their kids, and their kids love them. They're like best friends with their children. They have strong relationships with their grandchildren. They're all serving the Lord no matter where, where, where they're at. I look at what God is doing in those families, and I, and I develop that into my vision for the Daniels family, and I say, God, for the Daniels, I want for us what I see there. God can use what you see in the natural to build vision for your own life. I'll tell you, I'll tell you real honest, as a minister... When I look at families who have given their lives in the ministry and their children still love God, love the church, and want to be involved in it, you better believe I look at that and I say, God, if you can do it for them, you can do it for me. I want that vision for my life. Amen? So what are you looking at for you? What does your faith see? If God is willing to do it for one, he's willing to do it for all. God can also give you supernatural vision to build your faith. Think about what we said in Hebrews eleven twenty 20 and 27. With eyes of faith, Isaac looked far into the future. Moses gazed on one who is invisible. Like I, I can't explain to you how that happened, but I know this. Somehow, supernaturally, God showed Isaac and Moses something that was coming. And what they saw through eyes of faith became so real to them that it changed how they acted. And it changed how they lived. And it changed what they did because what they saw by faith was more real to them than anything else. 
He gave them supernatural vision. Faith knows how to tap into vision. And the question I have to ask us is, what are we tapping into? Hmm. Proverbs 29, 18 says this, where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. Where there is no vision, people perish. Listen, your visions determine your decisions. Tweet that. Your visions determine your decisions. In other words, where you see yourself going down the road is going to determine the decisions you make today. If you see yourself being broke as a joke when you're 50, when you're 60, guess what? You won't think twice about spending money on on five bucks coffee every single day. But if your vision is to be debt-free by the time you're 50, you think, you know what? For five bucks at Walmart, I can buy a tub of Folgers and have coffee all month long. Your vision determines your decisions. Not only that, but your decisions reveal the power of your vision. Your decisions reveal the power of your decisions. Let me explain it like this. I don't know, maybe the other guys are like this. I think other guys are like this. But look, you know, like when I'm in the checkout stand at Winn-Dixie or Walmart or whatever, and they got like Glamour and Red Book and all them ladies, and they're, they're talking to me like, hey, good looking. Why don't you come take a look at me over here? If I decide to look, it means the vision that I have for my life and the holiness that I want to walk in and the purity that I want to honor my wife in is very, very small. So it means this. If you're willing to compromise your purity and integrity... For just a little, little thing, it means the vision of your life is very weak and powerless. But when you see who you're called to be in Christ, see, (laughs) when you know your identity, when you can see by faith what you are supposed to do for him, who you're supposed to be for him, and what he wants to have with you in an intimate relationship, when you can see with eyes of faith the thing that God wants to have with you, all of these little nonsense things, it becomes easy to decide to say no. Your decisions reveal the power of your vision. That's a good word right there. All right, so where am I at? Here we go. You've got to see. You've got to have vision. It's like Dr. Cho talks about in uh, this book, The Fourth Dimension. I'll just tell you quickly the story. Uh, This lady came to him and and said, would you pray for me? I've been praying for 10 years to get married. I'm in my 30s. It's not looking good. And he said, well, what kind of husband do you want? She, She said, well, I want whatever kind of husband God gives me. And he said, oh, no, 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 no. God doesn't work like that. He wants to work with you. He said, I'm not going to pray for you until you can see your husband. She said, what? He said, grab a piece of paper. He said, okay, what kind of husband do you want? You want uh, Caucasian, Asian, black, Hispanic, what you want? Oh, I want want Caucasian. Write that down. They went through 10 things, 10 things. And And then he said, okay, now that you read these 10 things, he said, can you see your husband in your mind's eye? Yes, I can. He said, you know what? I can see him too because we've now described him. He said, let's order him. That was his words. Let's order him. (laughs) So they prayed and they said, Jesus, we see the husband. You know the husband. Now we order him in Jesus' name. Amen. That was it. 
A year later, Dr. Cho was going back through those same parts. He gets invited by the pastor and his wife to have lunch. And the pastor's wife at lunch says, oh, she's married, she's married, she's married. And he says, what are you, what are you talking about, married? And he says, they say, remember that lady that you prayed for? Oh, yes, I do, I, I do. What happened? He, they, said, they said, yes, less than a year later, uh, young, tall, skinny, white, School teacher, musician, came leading a quartet to do some ministry. All the young girls in the church were falling head over heels for him, but he didn't give them any time of day. But he began to take notice of this spinster. He uses the word spinster. And before the week was over, he asked her to marry him. And she, not reluctantly, said, yes. (laughs) What is your faith seeing? Come on, what do you see? What's your vision? You've got to have vision. So here's the thing. God will use what you see in the natural and what you see by the supernatural to give you a vision for your life. So open up your eyes of faith. Develop a vision for your life physically. Develop a vision for your life spiritually. Develop vision for your marriage, your family, your career. You should have a vision for what God wants to do in this church. You should have vision for what God wants to do in this city. You should have vision for what God wants to do at your workplace. Why? Because faith sees. Look at somebody and tell them your faith needs to see. All right, let me hear you say faith hears. Let me hear you say faith sees. All right, the next thing we want to uncover is this. Faith speaks. Faith speaks. Hebrews eleven twenty one. Prompted by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and bowed in prayer over the top of his staff. He blessed each of Joseph's sons, and he bowed in prayer. You see, faith speaks out what it hears and what it sees. Faith will proclaim the promises of God. And faith, by speaking out, affects the present and the future. Faith speaks, and it can change the world within us. Do you know that neurosurgeons have discovered that the speech center in the brain controls all other nerves? The speech center... The Bible's been telling us that for a long, long time. In James chapter 3, verse 5, it says, A word out of your mouth may may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. Or destroy it. You know, by speaking words of faith, you can set your heart on fire for Jesus. I'm telling you, if you walk around saying, man, I'm a man of God. I'm a woman of God. I'm on fire for the Lord. I'm hungry for Jesus. Guess how you're going to come to church on Sunday? With great expectancy. You're going to come already in tune to the Spirit of God. You don't, you won't need the team to pump you up or build you up. You're going to be out there saying, come on team, would you get with it? I've been ready all week. Or you can be speaking. Nothing's going to happen this Sunday. I heard Pastor Nick's going to be speaking, so I don't even think I want to go. (laughs) If it ain't Pastor Todd, And you know what? What you speak is what you're going to get in your own heart. You can set your heart on fire for the Lord or you can set your heart on fire for the futile things of this world all by how you speak because faith speaks. Dr. Cho said that when he gets sick, he'll get a little clicker counter and a thousand times on his bed before he falls asleep at night, a thousand times he will say, by his stripes I am healed. By his stripes I am healed. I can't, I can't make a click sound. There you go. There you go. A thousand times. And healing will manifest. 
Your speech center in your brain controls everything else in your body. Faith speaks and can change the world within you, but faith can speak and change the world around you as well. Matthew 17, 20, Jesus said this, I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Hello. Whoa, 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 wait, what? Yeah. Jesus said you can say to this mountain, move, and it will move for you. If you have what? Faith. Faith can speak and change the world around you. Jesus didn't tell us to beg the mountain to move. Jesus didn't tell us to ask him to have the mountain moved. Jesus didn't tell us to say, pretty, pretty, please, with sugar on top, if you feel like it. Jesus said, speak to the mountain, you will move. So what are you speaking to? Some of us, instead of moving mountains, are inviting them into our life. Proverbs 18, 21 says the power of life and death is in the tongue and those who love it will eat the fruit of it, whether for good or for bad. So what are you speaking? Listen to John G. Lake. I love how this guy spoke. John G. Lake. He was a man who ministered, I don't know when, in the 18, late 1800s, into the 1900s. Listen to this quote. He's telling this story. He said, I said to the scientist, gentlemen, I want you to see one more thing. Go down in your hospital and bring back a man who has inflammation of the bones. Take your instrument, attach it to his leg. Leave enough space to get my hand on his leg, and you can attach it to both sides. When the instrument was ready, I put my hand on the man's shin and prayed like Mother Edder prays. Not a strange prayer, but the cry of my heart to God. I said, God, kill the devilish disease by your power. Let the spirit move in him. Let it live in him. And then I asked, gentlemen, what is taking place? And they replied, every cell is responding. Faith speaks and changes the world around you. Listen, God desires to give you the power to create the destiny he has for you. And he's given it to us through the power of speaking in faith. So here's the application. Here's the application. We have to listen into what God says and see what God is trying to show us and then We speak what he is saying. When you hear God say something, repeat it out loud. Psalm 62, 11 says this. God has spoken once, twice have I heard it, that power belongs to to God, and this is what I think. God spoke once, twice have I heard it. Does that sound like a contradiction? This is what I think, because I'm like, if God speaks twice, I hear twice. But God spoke once, and I heard twice. This is what I think. God spoke once and he heard it. And he had the faith to re-speak what God said. And that was the second time he heard it. We need to speak by faith what we're hearing God say. The Bible says in Matthew, shout from the mountains what you hear in your closet. What God tells you in your prayer closet, man, decree it from the mountaintops. Let me hear you shout, your faith needs to speak. Wow, that went over terribly. You want, to, you want to try that one again? Yeah. You need to stretch and get ready? Yeah. Is my preaching that terrible that you fall asleep on me? No. All right. Just humor me. Let's, let, I won't even put shouting on you. Just let me hear you say. Your faith needs to speak. Your faith needs 
Yes, it does. You know how I speak over the church that God has called us to plant in Boise, Idaho? You know how I speak over that city? I say, God, Boise is primed for revival. Of all the cities in the nation, God, I praise you and thank you that you've called us to Boise, the easiest city to plant a church in the nation. God, I thank you that people are going to be coming out of the woodworks to help us. I need children's pastors. I need musicians. I need ushers. I need greeters. I need people to set up. I need people to tear down. I need people to do like consolidation cards and forms. And God, I can't do all this. And I praise you that I'm going to have more help than I know what to do with, God. And I thank you that the people that that may be hard to win to the Lord in some cities are easy to win to the Lord in Boise. And I thank you that signs and wonders are going to follow those who believe. And God, I thank you that revival is going to break out in Boise. Why would I speak anything else? I am leaving one of the best churches there is. All of my family is in Louisiana or Alabama. Why would I move 32 hours away and decide to say, God, this is going to be the hardest thing I've ever done. This is going to be terrible. It's going to suck. My family's going to hate it. We're going to be miserable, lonely. No one's going to help us. It's going to take 25 years to get this off the ground. Why would I speak that? So why do you speak what you speak? Come on, faith speaks. We need to speak those things that are not as though they were. God works through our words. The last thing, maybe not. This was the last one in the first service. You got me rolling today. Come on, second service, give yourselves a hand. Don't tell me you guys are the quiet crowd. You're all highly caffeinated by this time of the morning. Number four, faith acts. I should have said faith takes action, but faith acts. Look at Hebrews eleven seventeen through 19. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. I mean, we could stop right there. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. If you read the story, if you're taking notes, I have it in there. Genesis chapter 22, you see the story. God told Abraham, take your son, the son of promise whom I've given you, and go and offer him as a sacrifice. And the Bible says, early the next morning, Abraham got up, got everything he needed, and went. That is a mind bomb. First of all, if God told me to go sacrifice my son, I would be rebuking the devil in Jesus' name. Then what I would do is I would go around and seek godly counsel. I think I'm hearing God tell me to kill my son. What do you think? Is that God? Then maybe after I've determined through help, and I don't know how it happened that someone would say, yeah, that's God. But I would say, all right, well, let me just share with you the greatest revelation God has just ever given me in my life. He told me to kill my son. In fact, I might go on the preaching circuit and write a book about how God has told me to kill my son and I want to share my revelation with the world. That's how we do it. Not Abraham. God said, I'll let my feet do the talking. And I'm just going to put action to my faith. This is what God said. This is what I'm going to do. And he did not know how it would turn out. He did not know what God was going to do. The Bible says he just by faith believed that God was able to bring him back from the dead if that's what God wanted to do. He didn't have full disclosure. He didn't have the whole picture. He had one word and he acted by faith on that word. And now we write, read stories about him. 
But he didn't have a story to read. His faith acted. Is your faith acting this morning? You see, this is where the rubber meets the road, church. Faith isn't something that we polish and place on a trophy case and say, oh, look at my faith. No. Faith has no value until it's been used as intended. Faith is meant to be lived out. Listen, I have, I have a, uh, the very first shotgun I ever bought when I was like 16 years old. I bought a Remington 870 Express. At that time, I don't remember exactly. It was less than 200 bucks brand new. Cha-ching. And this is a plain Jane, no frills, no frills shotgun. It has never failed me, never jammed on me. I mean, this thing, I've abused it. I was a, I was a kid, I don't even know how, but you know, it was awesome. It's still my old faithful, my trusty shotgun. When my grandfather passed away, I inherited a Browning BPS Gold, a beautiful, beautiful shotgun. Beautiful stock. It's got some gold inlay on it, not a scratch on it. I mean, this thing is incredible. But you know what? Every time I go hunting, I don't go for that pretty, shiny, polished browning. I go for the nicked up, scratched up, dinged up, slightly rusted and pitted, but faithful, ever faithful, ever trustworthy, ever reliable Remington 870 Express. It's not, I'm not afraid to get mud on it. I'm not afraid to drop it. I'm not afraid if it gets another scratch. And you know what? I'm thinking kind of in the same way. God is looking for men and women of faith. He wants to do something great in this world, in this city, in this church. And he's looking for people that aren't afraid to get mud on their face, dirt on their fingernails. They're not afraid to be used. They're not afraid to go and do something. He says, I'm looking for some risk takers, shitty shakers, world changers, and history makers. People will say, by faith, I'm going to act on the word of God. I'm going to do something for him and if I get it wrong that's all right I'm going to learn and I'm going to get up and I'm going to do it again God is looking for people who will act on faith come on don't give me a Christianity that cannot identify with my pain identify with troubles identify with times when I thought God said and we went and it didn't turn out right I want some real nitty gritty faith I want someone in my life that says you know what I've been through what you went through there was a time when I thought I was gonna die but God brought me out and he put me full of faith and if he did it for me he'll do it for you that's the kind of faith I'm talking about A faith that can act upon the word of God. Faith actions result in personal encounters with God. God isn't satisfied to just be the God of the Bible. He wants to be the God of Brandon, the God of Michael, the God of Mike and Kathleen. He wants to be the God of you and me. He doesn't want to be locked up in this book. He wants to be lived out in our lives. Tweet that. That was good. That's not in my notes. (laughs) Listen, let me encourage you with this. Faith is not afraid to step out into uncertainty. Listen, if you're not stepping out into uncertainty, it's not faith. I know that's deep. If you're waiting till God tells you every single step before you take one It's not the walk of faith. Peter didn't know that the water would hold him up. All he knew was Jesus said, come, and he went. Because remember, the power of God is contained in the word of God. 
Think about a child learning to walk, you guys. What parent, when our kid is learning to walk and they're holding on to the coffee table and then they take one hand to you and then with that other chubby foot they put it over here and then they reach out to the other hand and they're like, you know, doing this number and then they start walking. When they fall on the face, what, what parent says, you dumb kid? What a disappointment. I expected you to pop out of the womb and run a marathon and win the gold medal and set a world record. Come on, is that, is that what we put as parents, as natural parents? Is that what we put on our kids? Why do we think that God puts that on us? Without faith, the Bible says, it's impossible to please God. So even when you're like, Lord, I'm not sure. This is the best I think I hear. This is the best I think I see. This is the best I think I can speak. And so I'm going to take this step of faith. Why do we think that God is waiting there to like, take us out? No, he's waiting there saying, come on, come on, come on. You can do it. Come on, take that step. Take that step. Oh, it's okay that you fell down. Look, 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 daddy's here. Come on. Your faith needs to act. God delights in the men and women of faith who will take action. Listen to this, Hebrews eleven thirteen. 13. It says these people all died controlled and sustained by their faith. Controlled and and sustained by their faith. Remember, remember we said your visions determine your decisions? Their faith was controlling their actions and sustaining their faith. Every act that they took was an act that built their faith. I think it's time for the church to not just teach about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob here. But it's time for us to start taking our kids on our lap and telling them about the God of Nick and the God of Emily and the God of your grandpa, David and Judy Daniels and the God of your grandparents, Ted and Ava Bertrand and the God of your grandfather, H.O. McAdams, whom I got this belt from, who could preach like none other. I mean, it's time. You know what I'm saying? Why are we losing kids? Why are we losing a generation? Because we're not showing them our own faith. We're only talking about a faith that we haven't lived, that we haven't experienced, that we don't know how to back up with a lifestyle of power. And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I don't want to keep God on these pages. I want to live him out. Faith is supposed to act. So look at your neighbor and tell them, your faith needs to act. Man, we are doing good, guys. We're farther than we were last service. And this one's short. But the last dimension of faith that I want to uncover for us this morning is that faith remembers. Faith remembers. Hebrews 11.22, the Bible says, actuated by faith. I love that word. Actuated by faith. Joseph, when nearing the end of his life, referred to the promise of God for the departure of the Israelites out of Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his own bones. What does that mean? Let me give you a little context. You can take notes. It's up there. Genesis Joseph remembered the promise of God that came to his great-grandfather Abraham. Abraham had received a word from God. He said, Abraham, 
your offspring will leave the land of Canaan and go to another land. They will be enslaved for 400 years, but I will bring them back to this land. And Joseph, at the end of his life, his faith remembered what God had said. You know, when Joseph died, he was 110 years old. Now, let's just be honest. At 110, his hearing was probably wearing out. At 110, I'll bet his vision, I'll bet he couldn't see like he used to see. At 110 years old, his voice might have been weaker than it once was, and he couldn't speak like he used to speak. And definitely, at 110 years old, he didn't have the strength to do what he used to do, but he could remember. Joseph could remember. And here's the thing, I didn't get to it in first service, but I felt it as I was preparing this. You know, there are seasons of life that we can go through. Sometimes it seems like they're going to get the best of us. You know what I'm saying? You can go ahead and start when you're ready. That's Mad Cat Kelly. She's incredible. That's right. And she's going to play and the anointing is only going to get stronger. Look, there's seasons of life that we go through. You know what I'm talking about? Where it's like, where it seems like so many things are calling for your attention that you can't hear God's voice. Times when the darkness tends to overwhelm us and it seems like it removes our ability to see Him because it's so dark. Come on, we hit seasons in life where the chaos is so loud that we feel our, our, our little tiny voice calling out to God is just drowned out in all the other chaos. I know me personally, I've been in times where the weight of the burdens of life, like it was so great, I couldn't muster the strength to do anything. I mean, I couldn't, I was so overwhelmed by the situation, I couldn't even lift my hands in prayer. But I could remember And I don't know what you're going through, but I know somebody, you need to hear this dimension of faith. Faith can remember. Faith can, that doesn't make sense. Faith can remember. If all you can do is sit in your rocking chair after they've finally put the kids to bed at night and just sit in your chair and remember the promises that God has spoken to you. in the midst of your tears, in the midst of your pain, if you can just remember the word of the Lord, I am telling you, your faith will be built and God will respond and he will bring you to the place where you can say, the Lord has done great things for me. Faith hears Faith sees, faith speaks, faith acts, and faith remembers. And church, I am calling you today to hear the word of God and submit again. I'm calling you to see by the Holy Spirit and believe again. 
I'm calling us to stand and declare his promises again. I'm calling us to act like God means business again. I'm calling us to remember the greatness of our God again. These are the dimensions of faith that we need to tap in today. Would you stand with me? We'll pray. Come on, look, let's be honest and not embarrassed. Just how many of you, just by raising the hand, would say, you know what, one of these dimensions really spoke to me today. Just one. There's not a quiz. You don't have to tell me all five afterwards. Put them up again. Put them up again. Look around. Look around. Look around. Look at these hands that are raised. You know what this tells me, church? God is wanting to stir us up to believe Him again. To believe Him again. We serve a great and mighty God. Jesus himself told us all things are possible to those who believe. You could safely retranslate it and say all things are possible to those who have faith. And he is challenging us this morning to take our faith in him to new levels once again. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? I want to pray for you this morning. Lord Jesus, I pray for your church. I pray for these people. I pray for myself that, God, you would stir our hearts to really lay hold of these different dimensions of faith and begin to apply them on our lives in a daily basis, God. Help us to walk out these different dimensions, God. Whether it's hearing again, seeing again, speaking again, acting again, or remembering again. Lord, I'm praying in the name of Jesus that you would ignite our faith again. Come on, how many of you, you would pray this prayer with me from the bottom of your heart. Just say, Lord Jesus, awaken my faith again. Let me walk in new dimensions of faith. Now listen for one more second. Maybe you're not a Christian yet. Maybe you've never given your heart to the Lord. And you've said, you know, Nick, I've heard all these stories about faith, all these things that God has done. I don't even know Him. I don't even know that if I were to die today, if my life were to end, I don't even know that I would spend eternity with Him in heaven. I don't know Jesus. Listen, the same faith it takes to believe that God can do great things in your life is the same faith it takes to say, Jesus, I believe that you want to forgive me. You love me and want to forgive me of my sins. And if that's you today, I want to lead you in a prayer. Is there anyone today, just by raising your hands, you would say, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to put my faith in Jesus and begin to have a relationship with him. Just, you just take a moment. Let me see any hands, any hands. Let me pray for you, church. Lord Jesus, I'm calling out great faith in Family Life Church in the name of Jesus. Lord, I am decreeing by faith today that Family Life Church is going to walk at a greater level of faith 
that we are going to walk in greater dimensions of faith, that, we, that the best is yet to come, that we've not even tapped into all the great things that you want to do in this church, in the families of this city, in this city itself. God, I am awakening faith in your people today. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Listen, give the Lord a hand.